This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 305, All Good Things Must Come to an End, The Reduce Pay Up Strategy. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is not your average financial podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book free of charge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. You know, like I said in the title, all good things must come to an end. The Beatles, considered maybe the most influential and popular band in music history, even they disbanded in 1970 after achieving global success with multiple albums. The Apollo moon missions, it represented a remarkable achievement in human history, sending astronauts to the moon anywhere between 1969 and 1972. And while there are plans to go back to the moon, the Apollo missions have definitely come to an end 50 years ago. And we're right in the midst of summer as this episode drops. And summer vacation is rocking, doing great. But as you all know, after freedom, there's back to work. There's back to school. It's the end of vacation and relaxation and more time with friends and family outside. It all comes to an end. It all good things, unfortunately, come to an end. But what about life insurance premiums? What? <laughs> Hard right turn. Most people think about paying life insurance premiums and don't really put it on the same level with the Beatles or summer vacation. But I am here to say that paying your premiums could be as exciting as going to the moon. Okay, maybe just a little bit less exciting, but pretty close. And I'll explain why. Now, when you pay your premium and do a bank on yourself designed whole life insurance policy, you immediately get guaranteed cash accumulation in your policy. And over time, that becomes more and more beyond what you paid in as premium. You have a guaranteed death benefit way beyond the premiums you pay in, even on day one. And if we design the policy, the bank on yourself way with paid up addition riders and dividends, both the cash value and the death benefit will explode, like grow in value over time, growing more and more efficient each and every year you pay into that policy. So this can be very exciting in a world where very few things are certain. Take, for example, a recent conversation I had with Julia Amstis. She was on episode number 293, so you can sneak in and listen to that episode right now if you want to. Episode 293 with Julia Amstis. Uh, we were talking about some really cool tax strategies she had implemented, but we also dropped in a little comment about her policy that had become so efficient and how much she loves paying her whole life insurance premiums. Now, she's only eight years into her policy journey, but for every policy premium dollar now that she puts into the policy this year, the cash value is on track to increase by $1.30. So if she puts in $10,000, she'll have $13,000 increase in her cash value. Show me a mutual fund that can do all that. I mean, that's a 30% return on her new money contribution. Incredible. 
Now, while Julia is a very special person, her policy design is not uncommon for bank on yourself design policies. Every policy that's designed the bank on yourself way is by its very nature going to become more and more efficient every year you pay premiums into the policy. The increase of cash grows at a larger number each and every single year. Very, very few things work this way. I mean, think about it. Your body is not as efficient as it probably was 10 years ago. Appliances and electronics become less energy efficient and require more maintenance over time. And just take a look at bureaucracy of organizations, government becoming larger and more complex. The bigger they get, the less efficient they are at accomplishing their goals. And this leads to delays and confusion and frustration. But incredibly, there is a contractual obligation for the life insurance company to pay a death benefit to your family. The increase of your cash value grows to equal your death benefit before something called the maturity date. Now, what is that? All these vocabulary words, right? Think of the maturity date in life insurance as the date when the policy ends and the death benefit is paid out to the policyholder if you're still alive at that point. Now, typically, this maturity date is set at age 121. And at that point, the cash value is mathematically designed to equal your death benefit, again, at age 121. This actuarial math is how the policy's cash value grows on a guaranteed basis. There's no magic in the increasing guaranteed to increase cash value. It's simply the insurance company offering to give you a percentage of your death benefit a little bit more this year, a little bit more next year, each and every year as you age, in exchange for you surrendering the contract. That means relieving the insurance company of having to pay out your family a very large death benefit someday in the future should you pass away. So it's worth noting that only cash value insurance, like whole life insurance, lets you have a cash value that pays to you while you're still alive. If you've got term insurance, it has no wealth building up for you. That means there's no way for you to get any money back should you ever surrender or cancel your term insurance policy. It's purely just wasted money if you were to cancel a term insurance policy. So let's use an example. Let's say you have a whole life policy with a death benefit of $1 million. Now, just to be clear, this is not going to be talking about, at this point, a bank-on-yourself designed whole life policy. In this example, the death benefit of bank-on-yourself policies will grow over time, but in my example right now, let's just keep it at a level $1 million to keep everything easy. So again, let's say you're 25 years old, your death benefit is a million bucks, and let's say your cash value at that point is $30,000. What this means is the life insurance company would be willing to give you $30,000 today in exchange for you cashing out your policy and closing down the policy and relieving them of the obligation to pay your family $1 million should you pass away this year. So is that a good idea? Is that a good deal to cancel the policy? Well, depends on your odds. Dirty Harry said it best. You got to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you? If you took the $30,000 and then slipped on a banana peel that afternoon, you could have used the cash to buy a car or something, but your family would be out the $1 million. On the other hand, if you don't surrender the policy and now you're 25, now you're 26 years old, the cash value would be guaranteed to grow. Since you're now getting ever closer to your life expectancy, the life insurance company is saying, hey, 
let's get this guy off our books. Let's get him to surrender. Let's give him $38,000 instead of that $30,000 he had last year. Remember, the insurance company sees you as sort of a ticking time bomb. They're going to play this game of chicken with you. They'd rather give you a lump sum today, that $38,000, rather than pay your family a giant check. The longer you can keep that policy in force, the more your family is likely to get that million bucks. So far, all we've been talking about is old-fashioned whole life insurance. And still, it seems pretty cool. I mean, where else in the financial universe are you going to see your cash growing on a guaranteed basis just like that? I've also been talking about this policy as if it's sitting alone by itself without you adding any premium to it. Again, it would still grow reasonably well. But if you've designed this policy, the bank on yourself way, much of your contributions or premiums are that you're paying in are going into something called a paid up additions rider, which allows the death benefit to grow and accelerate in an exponential way. So if you had a million dollars in your death benefit last year, depending on your age and your health, the death benefit might be a million eighty thousand this year. And the following year, it's 1.12 million and so on and so on. So since the death benefit is accelerating and increasing, this means your cash value has to grow that much faster. Why? Because remember, on a contractual basis, your cash value must equal your death benefit at the maturity date by the time you get to age 121. So again, depending on your age and when you started your policy, your death benefit might start at $1 million, but might end at $4 million or even more. So to say it all simply and to summarize what we've shared so far, when you continue to pay your premium into your whole life policy, design the bank on yourself way. I got to keep saying that because there's lots of improperly designed policies out there. But if it's designed a specific way, the cash value and the death benefit grow at an exponential rate for as long as you can fund your policy. This is why I say paying my whole life insurance premium is almost exciting as going to the moon. Yes, I, I did say almost exciting. Okay. Now, when I compare this to funding, let's say, an investment or a stock or an index fund or even a real estate deal, I just don't get the same motivation to pack tons of cash into these assets because there's not a true sense of ever-increasing efficiency within those other assets like stocks and real estate. The longer you can fund your policy, the more efficient it becomes. It's like technology. As technology has advanced, devices, systems have become smaller and faster. Think of computer processors or modern transportation systems. We've gone from horse and buggy to trains, planes, and automobiles. This uninterrupted compound growth of the cash value is just like that. And in fact, the cash value's compounding is not even affected when we borrow against the policy's cash value. This has unbelievable implications. I can use my policy to buy a car or send my kids to college, and there's uninterrupted compounding inside my contract. As I pay my policy loan back, my cash value is the exact same that it would have been had I never borrowed the money. What else in the financial universe works this way? I can't find anything or any, anything that even comes close. So much like in nature, the growth of algae on the surface of a lake continues to compound and grow until it completely covers the surface. Or consider the explosion of a supernova. It also exhibits this uninterrupted compounding that I'm describing. As the star explodes at the end of its life, the explosion releases this tremendous amount of energy, radiation, which continues to just roll out over time. 
And as the supernova propagates throughout space, it'll bump into more and more asteroids and planets and matter, and it'll cause that energy and radiation to compound on itself and intensify. So if it works in nature, it should work in our money as well. You know, Albert Einstein said it, uninterrupted compound growth is the eighth wonder of the world. So if you'd like to dig deeper into how these policies grow on a contractually guaranteed basis, go back and check out episode 197. That's 197. It's one of my favorites for helping folks get into how just these policies truly do work and how the contract allows the cash to grow for you so predictably and even guaranteed. But as I said at the beginning, all good things must come to an end. And so there will come a day where each of our clients at Lake Growth Financial Services might call me up and say, hey, Mark, it's been awesome. I can't believe how much my policy is growing. I can't believe how many times I've used my policy over the years for various things. And the cash value just continues to grow. It's getting more efficient. But I'm at a point in a stage in my life right now where I just cannot pay any more premiums into this policy. Now, generally speaking, that happens at retirement, but it might also be during a financial emergency that you didn't expect. Maybe you'd expect you'll never recover from a disability, for example, or you might be interested in moving to another part of the world where you don't expect to make any more income. In fact, we had somebody decide after working many years at a high-paying corporate job, she wanted to do mission work in Africa. And because of this job and life change, she knew she'd never be able to fund her policy ever again, but she didn't want to lose her policy. So what happens next? Is she forced to keep fighting the corporate ladder and fighting commuting traffic and everything just to pay the premiums? Most people believe that you're forced to pay whole life premiums forever. In fact, it's one of the biggest questions that usually gets brought up in conversations I have with people about bank on yourself. They're reasonably concerned that they'll be forced into paying a premium well into their 70s, 80s, even 90s, something they just cannot conceive of doing if they ever want to enjoy a good retirement. And while I've given a full episode to at least six different strategies you can take to lower or stop your premiums, go back and listen if you'd like to hear it. It's episode 203, What If I Can't Pay the Premiums, episode 203, if you want to hear more about that and hear all six strategies. But today, I just want to focus on one of these strategies, one called Reduce Pay Up. The Reduce Pay Up is a feature of some life insurance policies that allows the policyholder to stop the premiums. Stop completely the premium payments on their policy while they still maintain the contract. They maintain a reduced death benefit and a growing cash value. Essentially, it's a way for a policyholder to keep some of the benefits of their life insurance policy without paying any more premiums. So here's how it works. Let's say you have started your bank on yourself designed whole life insurance policy, which is building up a sizable cash value nest egg. And this means that over a period of several years, you've been paying premiums that's going to be accumulating a pretty nice cash value in the policy. And if you find at some point in your life that you can no longer afford to make the premium payments or you just have other priorities in life, well, you have the option to reduce your death benefit down to the size at which your current cash value will, guaranteed, will grow to equal your death benefit by your age 121. There's that magic number. Remember, the cash value must grow to equal your death benefit at age 121. That's how the contracts work. That's how actuarial science works. So when you set up your policy, there's typically a period of time the insurance company expects that you'll pay them a premium. 
And different insurance products allow you to pay premiums over different periods of time. For example, 20 years long of paying premiums, 30 years even, up to certain ages like age 80 or 100. The insurance company gives you a schedule when you get your policy, which shows what your cash value and your death benefit would be each and every year from now until age 121. Pretty amazing, right? That you can see your net worth on a policy statement. And each and every year, you know, what, regardless of the stock market, what the net worth in the policy will be. Pretty cool. In fact, let's jump into an example here. All right, I'm looking at a particular case here where a 50-year-old wanted to put in $33,000 a year for as long as possible. This particular life insurance policy allows him to pay in paid-up additions through age 80. So that would be 34 years of him putting in $33,000 a year all of which he pays in after that is just going to be the base premium, which was about $10,700 a year. So again, that's how he could fund the policy. That base premium actually is paid in all the way till age 100. At that point, the insurance company turns off the faucet and says no more premiums will be allowed into this policy. And the cash value at that stage at age 100 is $2.8 million. Wow with a death benefit of $3.1 million. Pretty amazing. But even after he stops paying his premiums, the cash value continues to grow and, again, equals the death benefit. And even the death benefit continues to grow due to dividends, making the cash value work even harder to catch it by age 121. And by the time this man turns 121 years old, let's say he's still alive and kicking at that point, the cash value and the death benefit are equal, as they always are due to the contract at exactly $4.46 million. And if he's still alive at age 121, he'll get a big birthday card from the insurance company with a big check for $4.46 million. Rock and roll, happy birthday to him. Now that's if he fully funded his policy. But he, like most people, do not expect to pay their premiums like that up through his age 100. In fact, his plan was to fund his policy only for 10 years at the full $33,000. And then his plan was to lower it down to the minimum base premium for another 10 years at only $10,700 a year. So again, this means at age 70, he was intending never to fund the policy ever again. He was going to retire at his age 70, putting in $0 into his policy and reduce pay up the policy completely. That's That was his intention. 10 full years of full payment, 10 years at about a third premium, you know, 10,700 bucks a year, and then $0 after year 20. Okay, so by age 70, he has a cash value in that case of only 654,000 bucks. Well, I say only, but wow, $654,000. And he has a death benefit of $1.24 million. So at age 70, this is the last age he'll ever add money to his own policy. So for example, at age 71, he decides at that time to reduce pay up his policy. He gets to decide that on that particular year. He doesn't have to decide this at the beginning. He gets to decide it later on. This means the death benefit, when he reduced pays up, he reduces the death benefit. It'll go from $1.24 million, in his case, down to $1.1 million. Well, where did it go? Why did it go down? The life insurance company, up until 15 minutes ago, thought this man was going to keep funding his policy up through age 100. But... Remember, he always reserves the right to pay up and reduce pay up his policy, meaning no more premiums can be added ever again 
As a result, the insurance company has to reduce the death benefit down so that the cash value on a guaranteed basis will equal that death benefit at age 121. That's the bogey they're trying to aim for at all time. They had to make a course correction because he notified them of this new information that he was going to never put in money ever again. That lowers the death benefit by about 140 grand. So some people at this point say, well, what about the cash value? Does it take a big hit? Not at all. You do not lose a penny of your hard-earned cash value when you reduce pay up your policy. In fact, his cash value at age 70 was $654,000. But at age 71, even though he paid no money into the policy at all, his cash value went up to $677,000. Guys, that's a $23,000 increase that he just got for sticking around on this side of heaven. That cash value will continue to climb and accelerate at a faster rate each and every year. It'll clear a million bucks at age 84, and it'll get all the way up to just over $2 million at age 121. Now, there are some great pictures of all these numbers in the show notes. If you'd like to see them, in fact, I recommend it as it helps put some skin on the bones of what I'm describing here. As I realize we're covering a lot of numbers in this podcast, and you might be flying down the road at 70 miles an hour. So pull over when you're ready and look at the show notes. So clients will use this strategy at the time of retirement to turn off their premium and instead start pulling cash value out, either as a withdrawal or a policy loan that they don't have to repay during their lifetime to enjoy as a stream of tax-free income in retirement. For example, that 50-year-old, the friend that I just mentioned, he stops funding his policy at age 70, and he had $654,000 of cash value at that time. Now, if he plans to live till about age 95, he could reasonably take about $3,000 a month for 25 years. That's a total of $900,000 that he took out of his policy income tax-free before he, say, passes away at age 95. Incredible efficiency if I've ever seen it. Other clients might decide to reduce pay up well before age 70. Again, you're in control of when you do this. As long as you fund the policy or have funded it for at least seven years, we can keep the tax-free nature of life insurance intact. So for example, a 40-year-old client, she recently received an inheritance from a late grandfather who passed away. She took that large lump sum of about $138,000 and put that into a policy as one lump sum. That lump sum earned some interest for her at about 5% these days, which is very nice as far as savings accounts goes. And then over a period of four years, it drips into her policy at an amount of about $36,300 a year. At that point, the policy is paid for and it covers itself, actually. It'll withdraw money from the cash value to pay the required base premium of 11000 bucks. And at that point, in year seven, we've reduced pay up the policy. No more premiums were ever due. Remember, she only paid in one lump sum into this policy, and the policy was fully paid for with one lump sum from her grandfather. After seven years, she could choose to keep funding it if she wanted to, or she could just let the policy grow by itself, reduce down that death benefit, and enjoy a lifetime of tax-free access to that cash. Her cash value in year seven is 156,000 bucks, and in year eight, it grew up to 163,000 by itself without her paying any premium into the policy. Now her death benefit takes a big dive. It goes from 784,000 to 333, almost cut in half, more than cut in half, 
since she's pretty young and she reduced paid up the strategy earlier in the lifetime of the policy, it's going to have a much greater impact since the death benefit has got a lot longer to, to grow before she hits 121 years old. The sooner you reduce pay up the policy, the bigger the impact it will have on your death benefit. So just a couple of bonus thoughts as we kind of start to wrap up here. Some people decide that they want to reduce pay up their policy if their loan gets way out of hand. So maybe it's in retirement you want to do this strategy. Maybe you want to reduce pay up because, wow, you know, you thought that great real estate investment was going to go great, but it just flopped on you. In that case, you can take a large loan off the balance sheet of that policy, turn it into a zero loan balance in one piece of paper that you send into the insurance company. Just say you want to reduce pay up your policy and that nets out the loan. You're left with the remaining cash value, whatever your cash value is after that loan is wiped clean, and you'd have a reduced death benefit. So never again would you have to repay that loan. It's totally taken care of and paid for. The death benefit will be reduced as well. And the cash value will be free and clear of any large loan balance. And it will begin to then grow again on a predictable schedule. And again, equal your death benefit when you're at age. What? What was it? Oh, yeah, 121. So I always encourage folks to repay policy loans. But, you know, sometimes life has other plans. In this case, it's a great way for you to wipe clean a large policy loan balance that's gotten out of hand. Hopefully, with good guidance from me, we can make sure that any future policies you set up have policy loan repayments that are systematically repaid over a reasonable period of time. In fact, you could even use the money you were sending in for premium. Remember, you were paying for this policy. Now you're not. You can use that money you were sending in for premium now to pay down a policy loan since no more premiums can be paid into the policy. So one more bonus, one more warning, really. Universal life policies are not allowed to do reduced pay-up strategies. There's no option where you can completely pay up a universal policy. It's one more reason why I'm not a fan of universal life or other forms of universal life insurance like indexed universal life or variable universal life. Premiums on those types of contracts must be paid even into your retirement years, or they'll have to withdraw money from their cash value to cover their own costs. And this is a problem because, in fact, as they get more expensive as you age, it can really gobble up the cash value you've built up in those universal life contracts. So I'm not a fan for those and many other reasons, which we get into in other episodes. Again, all of these options are topics you should really bring up with your bank on yourself professional, such as myself or one of my colleagues, and if you're ready to take that next step and see how this tool would work for you, please go to Not Your Average Financial Podcast and click on Request a Meeting. Yes, all good things must come to an end, even this episode. So remember, paying the premium on a policy is something that will likely stop for you at some point in the future. Again, personally, I plan to fund my policies as long as I can, but there's going to come a day when it won't work. And for all of us, income stops, but expenses and bills, they never stop. So the good news is even if you stop paying your premiums, it's not the end of your policy. In fact, the good times keep rolling. For as long as you are alive, the cash value continues to accelerate and grow over your lifetime, even after you reduce pay up the policy. So here's my last takeaway. When do you want your money growing at its most efficient? Now or 30 years from now? For me, I want my money growing more and more efficient every single year for the rest of my life. I don't want to be faced with a market crash right when I need the money most in retirement. 
This is why I'm so proud to be an owner of these policies and so proud to serve clients that help set these up. Uh, and I know that for each of you listening, if it's sparked any ideas or ideas, considerations or more, please feel free to reach out to us. Again, that's notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on the button that says request a meeting and be happy to answer questions as you have them. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.